It's time for us to check in with Claire Newell of Travel Best Bets. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, Raji. Um, some good news with passports I can't wait to tell you about. I hope oh, anyway. Let's do it. Let's do it. We need it. You know, we've had so many uh, updates and openings of new locations. We've had updates of processes being, kind of, I guess, streamlined and more staff being hired. So another measure has been instituted to kind of help reduce the chaotic lineups. So the, you know, the overnights that people are spending in, in lineups. So the federal government has announced uh, that there are five new pickup locations across Canada that have been opened up. And that started uh, July the 25th, including one in Richmond. So for us living in the Lower Mainland, this is really, really great news. Um, another thing that has changed is that if an applicant, so if you're one of the people who mailed in your documents 20 business days prior and plan to travel in the next 20 business days, you can visit a Service Canada Centre and request what's called a file transfer. Now, these applications will then be expedited, and depending on the travel date, the passports will be mailed directly or transferred to a passport office for printing and pickup. That's great. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, until this point, there had been only about 35 specialized locations that you could actually pick up. Now there's about 300. So this is a big change. Um, so to request a transfer, if you're in this position, you, ha uh, you have to show proof of an upcoming travel. So your, your ticket or your e-ticket will be fine. And fees apply for those who mail documents less than 20 days before travel. That so makes if sense. You're, you, know, you know, if it's like a week prior, you're going to have to pay for that expedited. Yeah. This is good news. So if you're in that position and you're, you're desperate, you've just realized your passport had expired and you're, you have something on the agenda. Up until this point, I've been basically telling people that you, you need to have your passport in hand before you even book. And people just sometimes need to book, you know, yeah, for whatever for sure. reason. For so sure. this is really great news and much, much easier. It's great um, news and it's kind of surprising because the government saw a problem and they fixed it. They did something substantial. Yeah. It's going to change things. Although I'm sure a lot of people listening would be like, well, I would have liked for this to have changed a long time ago so I could have traveled. I know. I know. That's the thing. But I, I will tell you this. Service Canada has issued more than 665,000 passports wow. so, since April 1st of this year. Wow. So I hope that this uh, new process is in place. There'll be fewer people who are forced to line up at those passport offer offices. And hopefully we'll also reduce the number of urgent transfers processed by those offices and just... They'll, it, it, I think that this this will really help. It's just I guess it's hard for people to to figure out, but all of the information is very clear on pass uh, travel.gc.ca, and then you can click the passport. I think that's always easier for people. Get to travel.gc.ca first, Super. <laughs> and then find. Yeah. Um, another uh, piece of big news you may have already heard this. I'm guessing you have, Raja, because it, it has been quite headline news for travel. JetBlue, which yeah. is an air, yeah, JetBlue has made its way into Canada by way of YVR for the very first time. Originally, you and I had talked months and months ago that they were going to do two destinations, both New York City's JFK Airport as well as Boston. Yes. They have put a hold on Boston. I oh. mean, there's just been so many aircraft that have uh, been reduced and staffing issues. You, you know the mess. So they are flying between here and JFK. 
But what they've done is inked a deal with Spirit Airlines. So JetBlue will be purchasing Spirit Airlines for $3.8 billion in a transaction that will create the fifth largest U.S. airline if it's approved by the U.S. regulators. Of course, it has to go through this, that process first. But when the two airlines, if and when they do come together, they will create a bigger, better JetBlue under that label, but 1,700 daily flights to more than 125 destinations. So this is by no means a small carrier. JetBlue has just uh, made their, you know, some big headway by doing this. Yeah, that's a significant change. And then WestJet news as well, hey? Yeah, interesting uh, about WestJet. Uh, they have announced an extension of a partnership with MedAir. Now, MedAir does deals with airlines all over the world. They're an international SOS company that provides uh, emergency medical assistance to cabin personnel during an in-flight medical event. If you've ever been a part of this or seen this, they'll, you have heard that they talk to, to people on the overhead saying, hello, is there any doctors or nurses on board? Yes. What this will do, um, WestJet will be the first airline in North America to actually leverage their MedAir in-flight app to the full extent. It's a, it's a big rollout. And what this will do is give WestJet cabin personnel multiple ways now um, to connect with MedLink doctors during a medical emergency. I have actually lived through one of these oh, and really? seen it firsthand. I was on my way. I was doing a contract for Disney and doing a spokesperson gig to do a live show in San Francisco. So I knew my time was really... Uh, I, I needed to get there. It was a nonstop flight between Vancouver and San Francisco. We had to make an emergency landing in Eugene, Oregon. And I had, I was traveling in business and it was a smaller aircraft and the seats behind me were empty and they had moved this person to the seat kind of diagonally from me. I was in row one, they were in row two. And I saw the process that, that of them speaking to people on the ground, speaking to the captain, opening drawers and going through. Um, there were aircraft, the aircraft, you know, did a quick U-turn and land in Eugene. There were emergency assistants as soon as we landed and then we quickly took off again. From what I understand, the person was okay, but it was scary. It was, and, and the, I saw the protocols in place. So this is a really necessary thing on board a flight. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, it's one of those things I think I've seen represented so many times in TV and movies. Yeah, and trying to think, baby's I, born. And yeah, yeah, right? I know. Well, my sister's a doctor, so she's once responded to the call on an airplane of whether there was a doctor in the house. But um, yeah, that's uh, so interesting to learn about. And then Air Canada and United Airlines have announced a joint business agreement. Yeah, so this is an extension of something you may, for those who travel, especially if they're business travelers or they have Aeroplan and have tried to book flights, you'll know that you can actually go on a lot of Air Canada flights that are actually Air Canada flight numbers, but the the aircraft is actually United Airlines. They have a co-chair agreement. They've announced a joint venture for uh, a few more Canada-U.S. Tra transborder. And what this will do is it will result in more flight options and better schedules, which is great for customers. And there will be able to now connect to 38 code share destinations in the U.S. through eight of the most popular cities in Canada. And the, the nice thing about this kind of joint venture between Air Canada and a partner is that you get the benefits if you collect the Aeroplan loyalty points or in the case of United, the mileage plus. So good news. I, I know a lot of people travel between Canada and the U.S. If you've ever tried to get somewhere, I don't know, Nashville is really popular right now. You can't get there on a nonstop from, from Vancouver, but you go through a city that United 
services and continue on and it's Air Canada all the way and you get the, the benefits of that. So that's good news. That's good news for customers for sure. And let's talk about bucket list destinations. There was a survey uh, that gave some pretty interesting results. Will you share those with us? Yeah, yeah. This was by Skyscanner. And I can tell you, bucket list, first of all, they're back in a huge way. They're really on people, you know, who hadn't traveled for a while because of COVID. And remember, bucket lists are different for different people. However, I can go through the top 10 for you. 10 uh, is Antigua and Barbuda. Nine and eight were tied, Costa Rica and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Seven was Portugal. Not Six, surprised. United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Um, number five was Turks and Caicos. Four, oh. the Maldives. Oh, okay. Number three, St. Bart's. Very expensive, but bougie island in the Caribbean. And then Anguilla in the Caribbean. And then first was Qatar. And wow. I think that's because number the one. World Cup's there. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's it for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they're an astounding 522% increase over pre-pandemic levels. Wow. So I'm guessing that's why. Have you been? I have not. I'm, I'm kind of desperate to do a little bit more in the Middle East. So in May, my family and I are looking at doing some destinations there. Right now on our radar, um, Israel, Jordan, um, Dubai, couple of other places. So I'll wow. let you know if I actually nail something down, but that's kind of a, uh, an area I need to spend a little bit more time for sure. Yeah. We'll have to do a show on just uh, Claire Newell's bucket list. <laughs> Is <laughs> Antarctica it- next in November. Oh, so that's wow. the biggie on the agenda. Anyone who's been listening for a long time knows this is the fifth date I've had. It was all bumped because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Claire, thank you so much for being with us again. Thanks Raji. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Have a great You too.